0: Welcome back, everybody, to the Nerdcore Podcast, the podcast that reviews the movies and talks that nerd shit. This is episode 598, and it is your review of Inception. As we continue on with Christopher Nolan month here, it is your host, Lola Hunter Mendoza, a.k.a. The Nerd Chicano, right next to Brad Young Yoda here.
1: Welcome, everybody. A wonderful uh Monday.
0: Yep, recording live and early for our patrons over at Patreon.com/slashTheNerdCore. At the one dollar tier, you get this episode live and early before anybody else gets to listen to it on Tuesdays at 12 p.m. Central Time. And of course, we want to thank our Patreon producers, but we'll talk about them later on in the show. And Brad, before we get into any of this, how are you, my friend?
1: I'm doing well, bro. Doing well.
0: Yeah. Yeah, not too bad. All right, all right. I'm glad you're doing all right. How's work? Uh, uneventful for the most part. Oh man, don't get to watch movies. bro?
1: No, I don't get to watch movies at work. Like some people I know.
0: Hey, I don't watch movies at work. Uh huh. Yeah. I'm going. Uh-huh. I'm going. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. Oh man, well I just I went to work and I helped the kid, the, the what's it called, the students today, and I helped the workers, and uh, yeah, so I did that. Mhm. Yeah. And you watch movies? I'm just uh-huh. I, I don't re- I don't watch movies, Brad. I research. <laughs> I do research, you know.
1: Um. I research movies by watching them.
0: Yeah, just like I researched the World Cup when that was going down. <laughs>
1: <laughs> what did What did you find from that research?
0: You know live switching and camera angles and audio mm-hmm. and all mm-hmm. the things that I need to learn to be able to give the my work the best production that they want bro uh,
1: I see you went to college to be a master bullshitter like myself
0: yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God well happy Oppenheimer and Barbie week this this is the week that Christopher Nolan's new film Oppenheimer drops and I'm watching it on Thursday. Yeah, Oppen Op- Brad, don't say it like Luis. Don't say it like Luis bro. Don't <laughs> say it like Luis. I cringe every time I hear Luis say Op- Even Oppenheimer. Even globin <laughs>
1: Yeah.
0: But um, yeah, I'm watching Oppenheimer on Thursday. I'm watching it uh, in the theater, and but I will I will still be on for uh for our review on that day. So I'm excited. I'm excited to see this film. Um. Yeah, I, I that's all I can say. I'm excited. I, I don't know what I'm going to get, but hopefully he, like, look, it's a straight-up adaptation of a book. And he has just expressed, that like, what some of the scenes are going to mean because some of them are in black and white and some of them are in color. I'm hoping he doesn't pull any of, like, what's in this movie or, like, what's in Tenet or, like, Interstellar. And he just decides, hey, I'm just doing a straight-up adaptation of a book. Huh. you know. Yeah.
1: That's never a bad thing. Curse how I did that all the time.
0: Yeah. Nolan's Barbie's going to be great. How he got bailed to take the role. Yeah. Where's Ken? <laughs> he has been doing a lot of, he's been doing press because of course the actors can't do press. So they're all talking to Nolan and Nolan refused to comment on whether he would direct a star Wars film. So that actually got me like, Ooh, what would a Nolan star Wars look like? He said he's never going to direct another superhero movie ever again, but he did refuse to comment on whether he'd direct a Star Wars movie.
1: You know.
0: That's never interesting.
1: It is interesting. I wonder, but can you imagine a Nolan Star Wars?
0: Imagine a Nolan Knights of the Old Republic, Brad.
1: That'd be kind of dope. I don't well, I don't know. Some sometimes I I like uh I like Nolan. And then sometimes they're like these movies are too overly convoluted and he smells his like, farts. Get out
0: of your, get out your ass. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. Yeah. Well, either way, it was interesting to hear that. Um, uh, you know, he refused to comment. So I'm like, oh, I wonder what that's all about. Is somebody signed to an NDA? Mm-hmm. 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 Yes. But today we're going to be discussing the 2010 hit Inception and, um, Stacy says just the Nolan episode of the Mandalorian. Oh my God. I, I, I wouldn't, I don't even want to know what that would like. <laughs>
1: uh, I don't know. I've been liking the Mandalorian so far. I don't, I don't think, yeah, but like, give Nolan know, a full movie.
0: Give Nolan a movie. You, you give Nolan a trilogy or a movie, not a fucking episode of a series that's mostly controlled by Dave Filoni. And, uh, and uh, yeah, um, they're,
1: they're doing fine with the television.
0: Yeah. Let, let him get a movie, but, um, yeah, what, what was that um
1: that Star Wars um is it was a video game and it had like a star killer in it uh
0: the force awakens is that oh I'm sorry the force Unleashed
1: the force Unleashed okay that's a terrible title
0: wait no but
1: can you imagine Nolan starkiller
0: oh my like... god yeah yep star Wars the force Unleashed and the force that, unleashed that's too. a
1: terrible title so we would have to change that to like star killer or something.
0: Yeah. Star Killer, a Star Wars story. Star Killer,
1: a Star Wars story by Christopher yeah. Nolan.
0: The thing is that they basically retcon that shit, bro.
1: It's fine. It's Nolan. What the fuck do you care?
0: What if if I Nolan can't? went
1: in, if Nolan went in there with the script and says I want to make a star killer movie, you know, you know what they're fucking making?
0: A star killer movie. They're
1: making a fucking star killer movie. <laughs>
0: yeah. They they made if, a retcon that they can Murphy. retcon it back
1: be like, with, okay.
0: <laughs> with back Killian Murphy, bro. With Killian Murphy as Star Killer.
1: Yeah, just back into canon.
0: <laughs> yeah. Oh man, but um uh, yeah, I, I'm I was reading that today and it was just had me like wondering. I'm like, Oh, okay, that's interesting. But Brad, um, we're gonna go ahead and talk about this. so if you all have not watched Inception, then you want to get out of here if you care about spoilers. But if you don't care about spoilers or you've already seen the film since it came out in twenty ten, yeah, it's, it's a whole last freaking decade year old.
1: What are y'all
0: doing? Yeah. yeah. Then you can go ahead and say either way how any of that goes, this is your one and only spoiler warning. And it is, in effect, in a five, four, three, two, one. <laughs> I believe I selected Inception, right?
1: Indeed, but I just want to say one thing. Inception is the Doctor Strange before Doctor Strange.
0: Yeah. Well, I believe they use the same studio, right?
1: I would imagine because it's like the same whole
0: the VFX, yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: How do you get the earth to like curve like
0: yeah. that? I don't know, Brad. Inception. Inception is a 2010 science fiction action film. Let's not a go ahead and attract the wrong crowd here, Brad. <laughs> Written and directed by Christopher Nolan, who also produced the film with Emma Thomas, his wife. The film stars Leonardo DiCaprio as a professional thief who steals information by infiltrating the subconscious of his targets he is offered a chance to have his criminal history erased as payment for his implant- implantation of another person's idea into a target subconscious. The ensemble cast includes Ken Watanabe, Joseph Gordon-Levitt, Marianne Cotillard, Elliot Page, who at the time was going under Ellen Page, but uh, he transitioned in 2020, Tom Hardy, Dalip De- Rao, Killian Murphy, Tom Berringer, and Cillian? Michael Kane. So Killian, Killian? I
1: think it's Cillian. I don't know.
0: I don't know, Brad. It could go either way. Killian, Brad, it's K, it says here in the phonetic pronunciation K-I-L-L-E-E-A-N. Uh, okay. Yeah. After 2000, after the 2002 completion of Insomnia, Nolan presented to Warner Bros a written 80-page treatment for a horror film envisioning dream stealers based on lucid dreaming. Deciding he needed more experience before tackling a production of this magnitude and complexity, Nolan Nolan shelved the project and instead worked on 2005's Batman Begins, 2006's The Prestige, and The Dark Knight in 2008. The treatment was revised over six months and was purchased by Warner in February 2009. Uh, Inception was filmed in six countries, beginning in Tokyo on June 19th and ending on, in Canada on November 22nd. Its official budget was $160 million, split between Warner Brothers and Legendary. Nolan's reputation and success with The Dark Knight helped secure the film's $100 million in advertising expenditure. Nolan's premiere was held, uh, I'm sorry, Inception's premiere was held in London, on July 8th, 2010, it was released in both conventional and IMAX theaters beginning on July 16, 2010. Inception grossed over $828 million worldwide. And you wonder why he kept getting the budgets he kept getting, y'all. It's because he delivered. Becoming the highest, the fourth and highest grossing film of 2010. What the hell was above that?
1: Probably some James Cameron piece of shit.
0: <laughs> Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows Part 1 at 3 Alice in Wonderland at two really? and Toy Story three at number
1: one. Alice in Wonderland, really? Wow,
0: damn. I'm
1: everybody high on mushrooms.
0: Yeah, consider one of the best films of the 2010 inception won four Oscars best cinematography, best sound editing, best sound mixing, and best visual effects. It was nominated for four or more best picture. Best original screenplay, best Art Direction, best original score. Okay, what the...
1: one? best original screenplay?
0: God damn it, Brad. I'm just wondering. So this would be the 2011, right? Well, how about you read The Cinematographer and all that stuff? And all right, we'll so go ahead and find um,
1: Cinematographer by Wally Pfister. Edited by Lee Smith. Music by Hans Zimmer. Um, running time, 148 minutes. Budget of 160 million. Box office 836.8 million dollars.
0: Yeah. What won that year was the King's Speech for best original screenplay, Uh, which was.
1: Yeah, that makes sense.
0: No, it doesn't. It's not deserved. Eh. I've seen. Have you seen the King's Speech? Mm -hmm. No, I don't. I think. I think if you compare those two screenplays, I think The Inceptions is way stronger.
1: Eh, I mean, yeah, that's why I'm kind of surprised they think beat it yeah but king's speech was like that was like everywhere
0: yeah well so was this one i mean that's the thing brad i was gonna say you could not like i was relatively young in 2010 brad was in his 20s right yeah you did not stop hearing about inception
1: no and you know why why because of the dark knight that's exactly what this damn thing is right like I guarantee you, if The Dark Knight had not done as well, this movie no, would not have know. done as well. No. Nah. No.
0: Well, if The Dark Knight didn't do well, they they wouldn't have given them the money for this. movie. No.
1: I. But if he had not done The Dark Knight either, if that if this had come out before The Dark Knight, I don't think it would have done as well. Because The yeah. Dark Knight, after The Dark Knight, everyone was like wanting to see whatever Nolan put out.
0: Yeah. I mean, dude, I had gotten my PS3 and around this time. And my dad was buying Blu-rays, and he said, "Oh, Inception," he picked it up, and he bought it, and yeah. I watched it and I was like, "I was amazed when I watched it as a kid." I was like, "Oh my God, this was is, this is I mean, incredible. I mean, for the
1: for the time now, you see it in every fucking Marvel movie, but at the time, it was very surreal. It was crazy the the effects in this.
0: Oh yeah, but uh, Brad, what are your initial thoughts on Inception?
1: Um, it's a Nolan blockbuster. What do you want? Like, look at the cast. Look at that cast: DiCaprio, Ken Watanabe, Joseph Gordon-Levitt, Marion Cotillard, Elliot P- Elliot Page, Tom Hardy, Cillian Murphy, Michael Caine. Y- you know what this reminds me of? Fucking Dark Knight Rises, because he just used the same goddamn cast. <laughs> That's true. That's Other than true. Elliot Page, same goddamn cast. Yeah. And Ken Watanabe.
0: Yeah, which Watanabe man? Oh what's my god. Watsonave is just great in this movie. Watsonave, yeah, come on, Brad. What? that's that's the legend, Ken Watanabe. That's yeah, I that's know, I know, I know. that's the one Asian that everybody always casts in freaking Hollywood, something.
1: man. Yeah, but uh, yeah, but I mean, hey, that's that's he's literally the same cast in The Dark Knight Rises, right there.
0: Yeah, um, God, now I just, but, now I wanted Ken Watanabe to be in the in the, in The Dark Knight Rises.
1: No, been kind of cool, but anyways, um, yeah, like. This movie is just visually spectacular. Um, I and I prefer this one way more than I do Tenet, because because you, you know, people think this story is convoluted. This story is straightforward to me. It's a dream within a dream within a dream, and they're trying to just plant subconsciously into this dude's head what really didn't happen. Um, but yeah, um, and the visuals like. Just crazy, crazy at the time. Where, where, literally, they slow down a van and then have two other stories going on at the same time. I mean, it's it's one of Nolan's probably best.
0: Yeah. So for dream sequences and in Inception, Nolan used little computer-generated imagery, preferring practical effects whenever possible. Oh my God! Keep
1: he... so he, so, he, so he rolled a whole whole street. No, I'm just kidding. No, but that room that Gordon Levitt's in—that the that where yeah. that when the van's like going tumbling, yeah, he yeah. actually used a spinning room. Yeah, and apparently, I, I think from what I heard, some stuntman got hurt in that damn thing.
0: Yeah. Well, do you remember what um what happened with the um? He actually blew up that shit in the last part of the film, but because he blew it early, and they what's it called? They didn't even start recording at the time. The fucking thing blew up early, so he had to delay production and build that shit all over again. Fuck. So like, it's oh my god, it's crazy, man. I all mean, right,
1: Tarkovsky, like, Jesus Christ.
0: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Except this time, I mean, the film didn't get jammed, right? He just they they fucking did it. Yeah. Um.
1: Wait, so they blew up that whole like the, the the snow, like fortress right there. They blew that shit up. Yep. God
0: damn. Okay. Yeah. Um Nolan's freaking this, nuts.
1: To this I just end, want to say, no like like would it have been just it would have been just expensive to do all that CGI, probably, right? Yeah. I guess then you just have fun blowing the shit up.
0: So here it says to this end, visual effects supervisor Paul Franklin built a miniature of the mountain fortress set and then blew it up for the film. For the fight scene that takes place in zero gravity, he used CG-based effects to subtly blend elements, elements like physics, space, and time.
1: Hmm.
0: And look, man, I love this movie. This movie is fucking fantastic. It is my second favorite film from from freaking Nolan. I pretty good because this was the first Nolan that like I remember like watching that wasn't the Dark Knight. Yeah,
1: that wasn't a Batman film.
0: Yeah, and I was blown away because like. They really do not make them like this anymore. And I know that is such a cliched thing to say, but like, this is the sci fi action blockbuster that is missing from Hollywood for so long now. Like, they don't make it like this, bro. Like, now if you make something like this, it will not make $838 million.
1: Unless you, I, I think, unless your name's Christopher Nolan behind it. I mean, how much did Interstellar make? They made probably a lot. Yeah, a lot.
0: But I mean, you also have to think about it, like, and that's where you know maybe like maybe we would have be having a different conversation if Tenet had actually come out in 2021 instead of 2020 when it was you know when the pandemic was at its height and it would have had the time to make actual money at the box office. But we don't know, and we don't know what what that would look like. And right. I mean, but, it,
1: honestly, it probably would have. Yeah. And I would have been pissed walking out of that theater because I did not understand the film at all.
0: And Oppenheimer would have been made by um, Warner Brothers.
1: Well maybe, yeah, Yeah. that's true.
0: The breakup would have never happened. But um, but that's but I I I digress. What I'm trying to say is that like Nolan's whole like film here is just how he's able to build from this like screenplay that's not just even based on like the action and all, but like this story of a man who what's it called is trying to get just honestly, bro. He's just trying to see his kids again.
1: Trying to see his kids again and also, he's he's dealing with some PTSD over mm-hmm. killing his wife, without yeah. meaning to kill his wife. All all over a, a simple phrase he places <laughs> in her subconscious.
0: Yep, and like the cast is incredible here. I mean, like Ken Watanabe does amazing here. Uh, Marianne Cotillard is just bone chilling in this film, bro. She's great in this film. Can I um, can
1: I just say? I, I mean, I think I'm going back to like um. The Dark Knight Rises. I yeah. don't think I appreciated this film back in my 20s when I first watched this. Yeah. But now I go back and I watch this film and I, I think I appreciate it a lot more and I get the gravity and understand, because back in my 20s I was like, this is a really cool movie. Visual visual effects and all that shit. I think that's what I was hoping for. Yeah, on. and then and- we
0: had everybody breathing down our necks, right? Like, Inception. Inception. You gotta watch Inception. Like, Inception's the greatest movie right now. Like, and all that stuff.
1: Yeah. So the hype and, was and, in and there. yeah I'm in my 20s I go in and I see it and you know and I'm just looking at the visuals just like holy god like shit like that room spinning Gordon Levitt is like flying down the goddamn hallway now he's placed him in an elevator for some rate and then explosions but then then I get to watch it the second time and um I get to understand the story a bit more and I get to look at Leo Di- Leonardo DiCaprio's character and it all just I mean, it all kind of comes into folks like the visuals are great and all, but this doesn't work without a great script and a great story and a great director Mm -hmm. in order to make it. And that story, this story is probably one of Nolan's best after Interstellar.
0: Yeah, that is right. Like I said, it's number two, bro. It's right there on the bottom. Like there is never a moment in this movie where I'm just like dozing off or I'm distracted. And this this movie is
1: what, three hours?
0: Uh, 2 hours and 14, I believe? I didn't feel it. No, I don't feel it at all either, bro. And and that's because, like, so this really, I'm glad that he he waited to make this movie, because I feel like it's 2 hours and 8 minutes, Brad. Oh, no, 2 hours and 28, Brad.
1: Yeah.
0: I'm glad he waited to make this movie like after, you know, Batman Begins The Prestige and The Dark Knight, because, like, I feel like he took everything he learned from, like, working on, like, big budget films, like, the Dark Knight, and Batman Begins, and he used that in here, and he was like, "Well, how can I blend these two things that I love so much, like science fiction and action, and create this hybrid genre film that, like, I'm gonna, you know, play with for the next couple of years in my arsenal?" And he creates like this movie that was able to stay in the zeitgeist for so many years, and also like kind of changed the way that we saw blockbusters for a bit. Yeah, agreed,
1: and and sci-fi. Sci-fi yeah. was was big thanks to Nolan. Sci-fi and comic book movies back in the 2000s. Yeah, um, but like I think just this one sentence gains me a little bit more respect for Nolan. Deciding he needed more experience before tackling a production of this magnitude and complexity. Can you imagine like James Cameron going, "Yeah, I can't tackle that for the complexity. I need a little more, little more movies under my belt." No, because yeah. James Cameron's ass. <laughs>
0: And you just kept, he, yeah. And, and like, you look at the, you like, look at his career before that, right, Brad? Like, he's worked with, obviously, like, really complex stories like Memento, right? But he's pretty much kept his films to be really grounded. You know, they're very, like, you know, mostly noir-based, and they're, what's it called? Um, They're very, like, grounded films. Like, he really hasn't hit the high-concept stuff yet, right? Because he had... Following he had memento and he had insomnia. Mm-hmm. All those straight up noir films.
1: Yeah, and, and really good. And then you had the comic book Batman films, which were mm-hmm. very straightforward technically. Yeah. If you look at those, they're very
0: straightforward. Yeah, and he goes and then he goes into the prestige. And he's like, Oh, now I'm starting to play a little bit and with the yeah, story here.
1: Yeah, he's he's playing with a little bit of story, and then what we've come to know as Nolan's Twists.
0: Yeah. And then he hits this in 2010. And I feel like that's really where Nolan finds himself. And mm-hmm. I think that's where that signature style of his becomes like bigger. It's also, you know, um, like I was going to say that I was going to say he in this one, he like blends everything he's worked with up until this point. He blends the sci-fi. He blends the action. He blends the noir. And he 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 makes this like hybrid film that like, like you know, yeah, transcends is, genre.
1: This is pure Nolan, like yeah. it, like everything up to this point. And he's just kind of combined everything: the weird twist, the noir, the sci-fi, and like even a little bit of that that Batman kind of in the background there, like like yeah. action film. He's he's combined all that to make this, yeah. Which yeah. I, you know, honestly, not many films like this have ever been made, and no. probably. And you can say that too about Interstellar. That's that's a sci-fi. That's just
0: emotionally grounded as well. Yeah. Emotionally
1: grounded, but above and beyond most other sci-fis.
0: Yeah, man. And um, just just, like I said, this movie's fantastic, bro. Um, I really do like this movie a lot. It's, it's, it's crazy. Like I haven't seen this film since probably 2011. I'm going to be real honest with y'all. I probably haven't seen this since 2011 and it's still damn good. Oh, and I can't, we can't just get out of here without talking about that score. Hans Zimmer's score is incredible.
1: Oh, I I was listening to the end with the credits. I never listened to the end credits, but I was listening to that just as it scrolled. I'm like, yeah, this is dope.
0: Fucking dope, right? Oh, yeah.
1: and Tom Hardy even puts in a good performance.
0: Hell yeah. How that. Yeah. I yeah.
1: like seeing Tom Hardy on screen as this guy because it was like, oh, this is just fucking Tom Hardy playing Tom Hardy.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, it's all his regulars, right? Like, you know, the one, like, of course, like Bale isn't in this, but like, you know, he what's like joseph gordon levitt like yeah. he was in there like like killian i'm telling murphy. you that, other, other murphy, than bro. like
1: like three people it's all the dark knight rises cast that's what that yeah
0: is. pretty much yeah yeah killian murphy michael kane tom hardy marianne cotillard uh joseph gordon levitt you just need a fucking bail in there
1: yeah yeah no like you change out dicaprio for bail and you got
0: it. but i love that dicaprio's in this bro i think yeah, that, he's like played- oh Plays that role so he, well, bro.
1: Like a bro, like the brokenhearted, disheveled dude who, who doesn't quite know what reality is anymore since his wife is gone.
0: Yeah, yeah, and like and, and his chemistry with Marianne Marianne Cotillard just works so well too. And just man, like I said, this movie's fantastic, man. I I really do love this movie. I think that everything's just so perfect with this. It's it's just it's hard to like talk about this film without. Discussing just the impact it had on film, and it's in, in what's it called, a uh, blockbusters at the t- at the time, and yeah, like this movie just this movie was everywhere, dude. All right, Brad. Well, what's your final verdict here? I'm
1: we'll gonna give Inception a ten out.
0: Yep, this is my second favorite Nolan film, and it stays at what I gave it when I first saw it. I was blown away, and now rewatching it almost twelve years later. It's still a ten out of ten for me, man. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I think it's. I think it's probably after rewatching, it's probably my favorite, like Interstellar and then Inception.
0: Yeah, Interstellar and Inception, and I have Dark Knight at number three. But you know, like God, the Prestige was so good. Prestige so good. So um, you know, yeah. I I,
1: I mean, and Prestige was. I think I had it too, but then after rewatching Inception, because I think I think you're right. I haven't seen Inception since 2010 or 2011
0: yeah 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 and I just like i'm saying man this this really was that culminating one for him like that's really what set him apart and you know he had already created some fantastic work before but this really did like bring it all to the well, forefront
1: and and you know i think i think marvel deserves you know to thank him for a few because you look at this and you see a lot like marvel is just
0: yeah they borrowed yeah they, yeah
1: they totally did
0: yeah, they 100 percent borrow from him, bro. Yeah. Ain't no fucking way that he that yeah, they didn't borrow from him. He what's it called? Um he created this whole visual style here that like Doctor Strange has everything to thank it for. Yep. Yeah. But um yeah, man, I guys, this movie's fantastic, y'all. I hope if anybody hasn't rewatched this movie in a while, I, I highly recommend just sit down and rewatch this movie. Especially like I know this is going to be nothing like Oppenheimer, but I'm saying, like, if you're trying to watch some Nolan before you see Oppenheimer, consider giving this a rewatch because this is this is fantastic, man. And
1: I mean, it's like... And Oppenheimer is probably going to be a straightforward watch if, it, if it's based on him, but I don't see him, like... There's no twist in the Oppenheimer. Like, you know what Oppenheimer did. <laughs> like, there's no going to be fucking twist of, like and then he handed over the notes to the nazis. It's like it's not going to do that.
0: <laughs> yeah. It's not like it's not like he's going to change like the the course of history and be like, yeah, he actually made, went to the nazi side and made a fucking bomb for yeah. the nazis. Yeah,
1: and I, and like World War 2 was totally changed. This is a Tarantino movie coming up. <laughs> Although I do love Inglorious Bastards and I wish I wish it did kind of end in that in that route, but hey, that's what you got movies for
0: well um uh, Brad that concludes our review uh wait whatever one out of 10 no gravely voices no talk of hockey pads. and who made the decision to see Tom Hardy's whole voice in real, in voice? real voice oh my god bless are you yeah instead
1: up oh, your mic you did something to your mic bro what happened I don't know something something weird happening to your mic. Uh,
0: You're good now. I'm good now. You're good now. You're gonna hear me or what? Yes. Oh, okay. Well, I was gonna say that um, that he still does kind of an odd accent in this one, right?
1: Yeah. Well, uh, I think this is a real voice though.
0: Oh, really? Oh shit! So. Never mind.
1: <laughs> He's British. <laughs> if you didn't know, he might he might be exaggerating with the British. I don't know. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, that concludes our review of. Wait, what did he say? What again? The twist is that it was all a dream. Oppenheimer was just making water balloons the whole time.
1: Huh. God damn it, Stacey.
0: He well, that concludes, a that concludes our review of Inception. We want to thank you all so much for joining us. If you would be so kind, check us out on nerdcore.com, Twitter at the Instagram at the nerdcore, Patreon.com slash the nerdcore. For $1 a month, you get this episode live and early before anybody else gets to listen to it or watch it. And, of course, if you want to talk to us about the films of Christopher Nolan, or Inception, and Inception, to be honest, you should go and check out our Discord. It's in it's linked in the YouTube description and in the audio descriptions for your podcast apps. Comment on our YouTube video as well. We would like to interact with you guys. Review crew, I'm calling y'all out. I'd really like to know what y'all think about this movie. Have y'all rewatched it in a while, in a bit? I would really like to hear y'all's thoughts because this, I truly was surprised rewatching this. Like, I was like, wow, I can't, I can forget how much I like this movie.
1: Yeah. And that's saying something, especially in a world where everything is visual effects and you go back to this and you're just still blown away.
0: It's like, oh, wow. Like this is what, this is what it looked like when you would give people like, the proper time to work on their visual effects and pre viz and like, you wouldn't rush them out. <laughs> like, wow. Like this is what, what used to happen. What? Right? What? Who knows? When you when supported you a director's vision? What? Yeah. Who knows what happens when you support, you know, the people who work hard for you, like visual effects. And you know, you don't what's it call treat them as just what's it called? Robotic machines. Right. Yeah. But um, if you're watching this on YouTube, please consider subscribing to the channel, click the notification bell. So you don't miss a single episode of the podcast that drops, make sure that you're also leaving a like on this video. It would help out as well as getting it to more eyes. If you're on, on the podcast platforms, make sure that you leave a five-star review. It would help us out a lot as well. Make sure that you're also um, keeping up to date with us on all the things on socials, like I said there. Uh, we want to thank our Patreon supporters for making this possible. Thank you to our wonderful patrons. You all are the best. We want to specifically also thank our producer Shane. Where can you find Shane, Brad?
1: You follow our friend Shane at Twitch.tv/xsrk or on Twitter at thriftedil, or go buy something from the Suppy God at PrisonCityVintage.com.
0: Damn straight, y'all. And of course, we'll be back on Thursday a little later for the for the for the patrons um, uh, live and early. Right, we're going to be a little late on that one because I'm going to be watching Oppenheimer, as you all know. Havers three hours fucking long. So it's probably gonna start around like nine o'clock-ish or nine fifteen that we're doing the uh the podcast at. But don't be don't be afraid. We'll be talking about uh 20th century women as we look at one of the roles from Miss Greta Gerwig as we still prepare for for Barbie. But in the meantime, it has been a wonderful time, and we will see you all then. Brad, let's go ahead and get them out of here
1: only Rolfe, the mean host, as always. Thank you to Stacy for joining us today. Thank you to all our listeners out there, all our Patreon supporters. We appreciate each and every one of you. And in this episode, is all I got to say is wake up, roll, wake up, young goat out.